I'll still bless you in the middle of the storm, in the middle of my trial. I'll still bless you in the middle of the road when I don't know where to go. I'll still bless you in the middle of my storm, in the middle of my trial. I'll still bless you when I'm in the middle of the road and I don't know which way to go.
Hello, good morning, ma. Good morning. Happy Sabbath. Yes, ma. Yes, thank okay. you. Okay, you are here now, so continue, ma. Okay, good morning and happy Sabbath, everyone. In a special way, I want to say happy conferencing to our women. We give all glory to God for making Conference 2020 a reality. May Zen be praised forever in the name of Jesus. Amen. At this time, we want to go into the study for the day. And the topic is winsome witness, the power of personal testimony. Winsome witness, the power of personal testimony. Just as uh, just to have a flashback, we know that for some weeks now, we have been learning about what gladdens the heart of God most, and that is telling other people about Him. This morning, we'll be looking at one of the ways by which you can tell people about God, and that is through personal testimony. When you hear of winsome testimony, it means telling people about God. And winsome is not you are winning some and losing some. No. It all depends on the mannerism. It all depends on the approach by which you want to share the gospel, the good news to other people. And personal testimony there you are telling people about is a narrative of your experience narrative of the experience we have had over time and in the context of our lesson we could say personal testimony is you telling people about where your life and god connects it's sharing where your life and god's action intersected and the, the key text for our lesson this week has been taken from uh, the book of Acts, chapter 4, verse 20. Acts, chapter 4, verse number 20. I will read that to us. Acts, chapter 4, verse number 20 says, For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for lives. Thank you, Lord, for making this year's women's conference a reality. We give you all the glory. Dear Holy Spirit, we invite you to take the lead as we study your words this morning. I pray that you will speak to me, speak through me, and bless every one of us. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for answering our prayers. In Jesus' name, amen. Personal testimony. Personal testimony is so powerful. It's a testimony that can never be faulted. We have a saying that people may debate your ideology. People may debate your mannerism. But when you talk of personal testimony, nobody can fault that. And that is the method that God wants us to use in the context of this week's lesson, personal testimony. 
telling people of what you have experienced, of the encounter that you have had with God. And this takes me back to a story that went viral. I think that was last year. There was a couple that waited on the Lord. They were believing God for a child. They waited for over 26 years. And when God answered them, you know, the woman shared their testimony. She shared the testimony of the days she went through IVFs, unsuccessful IVFs. So many things happened. You know, so somebody that has similar experience, when you hear that, you know, you want to identify with it. You want to, you want to learn one or two things. I've also heard of someone, maybe for young people, believing God for jobs and you are not getting it. Somebody once shared his own experience. He waited upon the Lord and he kept believing God. But while waiting, he was active in the service of God. And God told him, God gave him a scripture. He held on to that scripture and God finally you know, answered his prayers. So when you talk of personal testimony, that means somebody has been somewhere and sharing his experience that you can actually identify with that can help you. So in this week's lesson, we have different characters that had personal experiences with God. Different characters that experienced God in diverse ways. So we're going to learn from their lives. And in the book of uh, Mark chapter 5, if we take from verse number 1 to 20, we have the story of a particular man there. The man, the name was not given, but when you read in verse 2, Mark chapter 5, verse number 2, we were told there's the, a the description that they gave us about this man. It says, and when he, he had come out of the boat, here, Jesus Christ got to this particular is dwelling among the tombs that's in verse 3 no one could bind him not even with chains so the experience of this man was a pathetic one traumatic one living in the tombs you know it was so there was nobody that could actually identify with him he was there all alone and when he met with the lord the lord delivered him when we read from verse 1 to 20, Mark chapter 5, from verse 1 to 20, he, he had an encounter with Christ. Now, looking at this man, I just want us to take a closer look at this man. We were told that this man, when Christ actually met with him, that was, uh, that's in verse, um, verse, if we take Acts chapter 5, verse number 8, we start reading from verse number, it says, For he said to him, Come out of the man, unclean spirit. Christ commanded the unclean spirit. Then he asked him, what is your name? This verse 9. Cast the demons out. They went into about 2,000 heads of a swine and destroyed them. So you could see from there that the man had a body but the body that the man had, he was not the owner of that body. He had forces, he had powers greater than him. They were the ones controlling him. But to the glory of God, he met Christ and Christ converted him. 
So we're told that because of this incident that happened, the owners of the swine got there and they were unhappy because they had lost their investments and Christ was asked to leave their city. So when Christ was leaving the city, this man came to meet Christ. Master, I want to follow you. But Christ told him, no, go and tell your friends. Tell them of God's faithfulness in your life. Tell them of the compassion the Lord had on you. Tell them the way God transformed your life. The lesson here, maybe you are out there and you feel that the past is so terrible. You could imagine this man, the, 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 the kind of life. I believe when, when those people did, because we were told that they were high witnesses. They were the ones that told the owners of the swine what really happened. So we could imagine, imagine that story. But the Christ said, you go, go and witness. This man, somebody will look at him as, you, nobody would have ever thought or imagined that this man would be a minister that would actually go and tell others about Christ. No, nobody would imagine it. So don't look down on yourself. Don't feel that the past is so terrible. That's what do I have to share? You have something to share. And that is why we are learning, what we are learning this morning. Go and tell people. That experience, that transformation that you experienced, the Lord wants you to share. And to the glory of God, this is Women's Conference. We also have women in the Bible. You know, we have, we have been asked that women, we should go and take the lead. God wants us to take the lead. We have women here. We have married in, in the book of uh, Mark chapter 16. The same Mark chapter 16. When we read from verse 1. Mark chapter 16 from verse 1. says, now when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, brought spices that they might come and anoint him. So these women, they took the lead. Christ had so many followers, but early in the morning after the supper, they wanted to go and anoint the body of Jesus. And when they got there, the good news, they, 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 they were still asking themselves. Oh, in, in verse 3, Mark chapter 16, verse number 3 says, and they, and they said among themselves, who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? They were still, you know, they took the lead. And, but when they got there, they knew that <laughs> who will help them? They were women. But the glory of God, an angel of God appeared to them and told them, oh, you look for the master, he's not here, he's risen. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. We serve a risen savior. So it's really a good news worth sharing. And in, in the same Bible uh, scripture, that's Mark 16 in verse 9, we're told that Mary actually, Mary Magdalene actually saw Jesus and Christ told him, go and tell my disciples. But somebody will just, to my amazement, I just, you know, when he got, when she got there and told the disciples, we were told that they didn't believe her. They said, no, the disciples did not believe our reports. And that's something for us here. When, as we go telling others, as we go taking the lead in our spheres of influence, we should not be discouraged because in this, in this Mark chapter 16, when they got to their disciples to tell them, they, they didn't believe. And look at these disciples, Christ had already informed them earlier that this will happen, he will die, he will resurrect. But they waited until they had the, the high witness experience. So the, the lesson for us here, that as we take the lead, as we tell people about Christ, if they are not willing to accept our testimony, immediately we should not be discouraged. 
I want to quickly say this. Uh, I also had an experience um, in church. We normally go out for evangelism. So there was this Sabbath that we went to the neighborhood. Uh, we got to a particular house. And um, when we got there, we met some people. We had started, we introduced ourselves. We shared the scripture. We were sharing the love of Christ. We were discussing. So not quite long, maybe after some minutes, the owner of the house came in. And when he saw what we were doing, he was angry. He said, wow, what? where are you from? What's your name? I don't want to get out. And we just said, thank you. Immediately, we carried uh, everyone. We just left the house. But at that point, somebody might feel, why? Why did he behave like that? But immediately, at that particular moment, that man was not willing. But that does not mean that God will not actually still meet him. God has different ways of meeting people. Maybe that, maybe that was not his appoint, uh, the time of appointment. So when we are witnessing, we don't need to be discouraged because we are not the one. It's all about Christ. It's not about us. There's a place in the Bible, it's in 1 Corinthians, where Apostle Paul said it. You know, they had contentions in, in, in the church in Corinth. And Paul told them, he told the Corinthians, that is just there that he lays the foundation but Apollos because at that time they were some of them said they were for Apollos they were for Paul you know there was this contention and Paul said no he has laid the foundation Apollos came to water that's in first Corinthians chapter 3 uh when we start from verse number we read verses 5 and 6 it says who then is Paul and who is Apollos but ministers through whom you believed, as the Lord gave to each one. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So it's actually God that gives the increase. It's God that meets with people. So whenever we go out telling others, sharing the good news, sharing, sharing God's faithfulness, let us know that it's all about Christ. If they are not accepted immediately, they will still come back to accept. So women, daughters, king's daughters, we have been told to take the lead. These women took the lead, and the Lord used them mightily. I pray the Lord will also use us mightily in our spheres of influence. Also, other characters that we are told in the lesson of this week, we are told about the apostles, how they had transformation of lives. Paul, we knew Paul. Paul was the outspoken one. Sorry, Peter. Peter was the outspoken one among them. Remember when Christ was uh, in the process but uh, working on this. He said, Master, let me work on this thing, you know. Very, it was always wanting, you know, very adventurous. And not only that, uh, when Christ said people, somebody was going to betray him, he said, no, Master, I did I wouldn't, you know, loud mouth. But the Lord met with him. He was transformed. Look at uh, James, John, John and James, yes. James and John. They were nicknamed uh, sons of thunder. You know, there was something happened. I said, Christ, come on, let's call fire upon them. But they met with God. God used them. Uh, Thomas was also there. He was so skeptical. They said, Christ had risen. He said, no, until I see the nail pierced hands. So they had their moments. They, they had where they were coming from. But Christ transformed them. And because of this transformation that happened in their lives, you know, there was a great miracle that caught the attention of everyone. 
There was a, a particular day they were going in the book of Acts, chapter 4. When we read the book of Acts, chapter 4, we have the account there that there was a particular man that God used them for, and the man was healed. So there was a lame man that sits at the beautiful gates, and the man was healed. And because of this, there was another, no, people came in from everywhere. They caught the attention of everyone, but to the religious leaders in their days, they, they felt slighted. They, 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 their kind of disposition, the attitude they had was not a good one. Remember, when they saw them, when they saw the disciples, they said, who are these people? In Acts chapter 4, verse 13, verse number 13, Acts 4, verse number 13, we're told that now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. No, they, they, the attitude of uh, Peter and John, that's what they had, the, one, the attitude of openness to God, Holy Spirit used me, the Holy Spirit transformed them. We're told that in a day, in the book of Acts chapter 2, 3,000 souls were baptized. That's the power of transformation. And here, just a miracle that had been performed. So the man, the lame man that got his healing was there, jumping, leaping, praising God. So heaven was there, but the attitude of the, the leaders, the religious leaders, they felt no. They were not willing to identify with that. I remember the Bible, there's a saying that your attitude will determine your altitude in life. Because the disciples had this openness, they, they, they made themselves willing tools for God to use. God used them. And the same way today, God wants to use women. God wants to use men. He wants to use children, youth, everyone. He needs us to have the attitude of, of surrendering ourselves, surrendering our will to him. And he's ready to make use of us. We also have another one, another personal experience that is so powerful, so dramatic, and that is the one shared by Apostle Paul. We have the account in the book of Acts, chapter 26. Acts chapter 26, when we start reading from verse number one, the whole chapter, that's where we have the account. Well, uh, Paul had his account in, 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 in the book of Acts. And when we look at the, the life of Paul, let us remember that he was known as Saul. But his own experience was a dramatic one. His own experience was the one that Christ caught up with him. And when he had that experience, he could not keep quiet. Just like disciples, he said, no, we cannot keep quiet. These things that we have seen, these things that we have taught, these things we have felt, we must tell people about it. So this, today, God wants us to also share the experiences we have had. So Paul here stood before King Agrippa in Acts chapter 26 and told him of his life, the dramatic experience he had on the way to Damascus, uh, before he met Christ as a persecutor, on his way to Damascus, and thereafter how he gave his life. You know, and we're told that the man said in Acts chapter 26, verse number 28, he says, uh, then King Agrippa said to Paul, you almost persuade me to become a Christian. So we could say that Paul's testimony was so impactful 
uh, uh, King Agrippa knew that it was not just a fake thing. He could feel it. He could identify with it. But God knows he didn't give his life. He's still coming back to us that the work of conversion is the work of the Holy Spirit. As is just to tell others, he knows how we meet with people. So in all of these people, these personal testimonies, the, the, the madman that God converted, the women that met Jesus, that, that went to the tomb and had a first uh, knowledge about Christ's resurrection, the disciples had their lives were transformed, and even Apostle uh, Paul's experience. All of this, God wants us to have to share, to, to, to tell others our experiences with him. And it is a, the one thing that is key about, about personal testimony is that it's, now, maybe yours is not dramatic, just like Paul had, like mine, maybe born into the church, mine already dramatic. But this experience is something that has to be ongoing, something that we experience daily. So it has to, we need a relationship. We need to have a relationship with Christ. We cannot just pick it, pluck it from the tree. No, but we must have a relationship. When you have a relationship, we keep growing. God will keep revealing himself to us. And from there, we have beautiful experiences to share with people. I also want to share this personally. Mine is not uh, maybe dramatic about conversion, but you know you could share, tell people about experiences you have had with God. Mine, as a result of my work with God, you know, learning from the scriptures, uh, speaking the word of faith, there was a time that I had the heart within me, being in the academics, that I wanted to have an outside experience. And I had a colleague in, in the office, we applied. So while we were waiting, you know, because I, I have been telling God about it, praying about it, I was confessing that, yes, I'll be taken, we'll be selected. My colleagues felt discouraged. I said, no, let us tidy up our script. Because at that time, we had just finished exams. Let us turn in our grades. But I felt we had lost all hope. I kept confessing the word of God. And to the glory of God, I was selected. I went for that training. So our God is a faithful God. God wants us to share experience. And it's not only personal testimonies. The lesson tells us that what kind of life are we living? Our lives should not negate what we tell others. So my, my sisters, my brothers, my daddies, mommies, every one of us that we are listening. Bible says in, in 2 Corinthians that our lives should be fragrance. Everywhere we are, we should tell people. You know, the people should be able to, they should be able to smell, they should be able to have a feeling of Christ in us. And I want to close with this this story that we have in, in, in the book of Isaiah chapter 38. It's about King Hezekiah. Isaiah chapter 38 and chapter 39. That's where we have the story for time. I just want to say what is there. You know, this man was sick. The Lord told him he was going to die. But because he asked mercy from the Lord, the Lord saved him. And when he, uh, when he, when he got his healing, you know, it happened that there's something, something significant happened. We're told in Acts, in, in Isaiah chapter 38, verse number 8, that behold, God told Isaiah that I will bring the shadow on the sundial, which has gone down with the sun on the sundial of Ahaz, 10 degrees backward. Because of what happened, people from Babylon saw this, they came. And when they came to meet him, in, in Isaiah chapter 39, they said when they came to meet him, that yes, this thing had happened. What did he do? In, in Isaiah chapter 39, verse 20, it says, And Hezekiah was pleased with them and showed them the house of his treasures, the silver and gold and the spices, the precious ointment, and all his armory. He did not tell them about God. 
So when people come around, what do, what, what do they see? When they come to our homes, when they come to our offices, what do they see? And because of what he did, you know, this made uh, God, God spoke to Ezekiel, Isaiah that because of this singular act, that is in, 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 in Isaiah chapter 39, verse um, 6, says, Behold, the days are coming when all that is in your house and what your fathers have accumulated unto this, they shall be carried to Babylon. Why? Because they failed to testify to God's goodness. So personal testimony is very, very key, very, very important. And God will help us as we tell others about his love, about the goodness of God that we enjoy. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the lesson of today. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for reminding us of the assignment you have given unto us. We ask that, Lord, you help us. I will not keep our mouth shut. But as we enjoy you, as we have experience with you, as we encounter you every day, help us to be to have the confidence to tell others about you. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the women's conference. Thank you, Lord, for starting with us yesterday. And thank you, Lord, for other programs that will say come today because we're going to encounter you and you. To you behold the glory. Thank you for answering our prayers. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen. Happy Sabbath. America, I want to live in this place that where the snow will be dropping. For instance, you woke up this morning, decided that you discovered that snow is dropping in Nigeria. Let's say in Lagos. Some of us will not come to church. Everybody is just feeling cold. But that's the awesomeness of God. He 
never sleep, he never slumber. That's why God has variety in his ways and in his acts. In some part of the world, in some parts of even this Africa, the code is higher than the type that we have in Lagos. All those doors and northern side, you won't want to see what is happening. And that's how God is. The God that you cannot describe. He does things in a mysterious way. He does things in the way that pleases him. And nobody can bury him. Nobody can challenge him. Nobody can say, God, why are you doing this? The pastor in the prison yard called me. He said, we want you to come and open the ministration for our revival this year. He has been there for 20 years. 20 years. He's a graduate. You need to listen to him preach. He go in prison. A graduate. You need to see when the man is talking, preaching. He's appearing. You know, you say this one is him. He's a prisoner. The way he looks and he's working on his master. They are still uh, awaiting trial. 25 years. I think he should be in his 40. I don't know when he got in there. 40 something, thereabouts. He has been there. I don't know how long he did it. I don't understand. And so many of them like that. 30 years, they have elders. 40 years, 50 years, awaiting trials. 55 years. We have men who are 60 something years. They are still there. Nobody's coming for them. While I was coming this morning, I just said, Can you lift up your hand? Lift up your voice. Some people never want you to wake up. You think some people love you, they don't. Lift up your voice and thank God. The fact that you go and come back, they are never happy. They say that man is a wicked man. Until you are there, that's what they want. Most precious, most glorious, the ancient of days, almighty, victorious, the great name we praise, everybody. Most blessed, most glorious, the For the God, Jesus, you know they use me. They 
assurance anytime I come in to your presence. to shout my helper. I was thinking about something I'm earlier this morning. The Lord spoke to me. He said, I want you to be careful of something because of where I'm taking you to. He said, from now, ignore how men treat you. Because sometimes they can be biased in their decision and the way they do things. He said, but watch. He said, all those things are going to be a story. It's going to be part of your story of what to say. And you can look at you. No, 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 no. This thing is for these people. This one is for this. See, but what am I? She says, part of what you will see in the house of God and wherever you go. Say, Joe, keep calm. I say, yes, sir. That's why you say, I got protection anytime I come into your presence. Everybody shout my help. Got lifting every time I come in to your presence. Lift your voice and say, Hey, I got protection every time I come in to your presence. Everybody say, My Sing it, my head. Shout hallelujah. If you are catching cold, shout hallelujah. Look at your neighbor. Say, don't allow whatever you are going through to affect your job. Look at them. Don't be afraid of a fellow human being. You can only respect human being. Look at them. Say, don't allow whatever you are going through to affect your job. Look at another person with a smile. 
some of us we are too serious. Say don't allow whatever you are going through to affect you. If your enemy cannot get your joy, they cannot get your you do well, oh you take care of me. Yeah. Take it lightly. Do well, oh, you take care of me. Yeah. You can move to the left or right.
Sora Papa, dependable, Jehovah Mosa, now you be the original God, supernatural God.
your love is patient You feed my heart With so much peace and joy You're amazing All your promises are yes and amen. You're not a man, you never lie. Are you there? All your promises are yes and amen. You're not a man, you never lie. Jesus, you love me too much, oh, yeah. Good morning, church. Happy Sabbath. Thank you for joining us again this morning. Welcome all our viewers online. We are on day two of the King's Daughters Annual Conference, Conference 2020, and the theme is Women Take the Lead. This morning, we're going to be praying for our children. So let's be in the attitude of prayer. We're going to be praying for our children. We're going to be pleading the blood of Jesus over our children. We thank God for keeping them throughout this pandemic. It hasn't been easy, but the Lord has watched over them, and we're going to be lifting them up into the hands of God. We're going to be praying the covenant of the blood of Jesus over them, so wherever you are, please take a position of prayer. Let's begin to mention the names of our children in the presence of the Almighty. He's the only one that can keep them. The Lord said in his word, he said, the children that I've given you are for signs and wonders in the land of the living. And it shall be so in Jesus' mighty name. We're going to be claiming that promise. The covenant of the blood of Jesus is paid in full concerning our children, concerning our families. And we're going to plead that covenant this morning. We're going to stand on that covenant concerning our children. Let's begin to worship. Let's take a song of worship. Begin to lift up our children one by one. Male child, female child, lift them up before the Lord. Mention their names. Declare that they belong to Jesus. Those children are our inheritance. And the Lord wants to raise them for us. They will not be lost in the mighty name of Jesus. Let every woman begin to declare, my children are my primary assignment. I will not fail in my responsibility to nurture them in the mighty name of Jesus. Even if you are not married, you can pray for your future children. You can place your hand on your womb and begin to declare concerning your children. My children are my primary assignment. I will not fail in my responsibility to nurture them. In the mighty name of Jesus, I receive grace to take the lead in my parenting. In the mighty name of Jesus, I will not fail in that responsibility. Father, I receive strength. I receive grace. Be my help in the mighty name of Jesus. In that assignment, I will not fail in Jesus' mighty name. Number two, as a shepherd over my children, I will not be foolish 
Another shepherd will not take charge of my children's lives in Jesus' name. Begin to pray concerning your children as a shepherd over your children. The Lord has set you as shepherd over those children you gave birth to, whether they are given birth to, whether you adopted them, the Lord has set you as a shepherd over them. Begin to pray. As shepherd over my children's lives, I will not be foolish. Another shepherd will not take charge of my children's lives in the mighty name of Jesus. The Bible says they are the shepherd of the, they are the sheep of the Lord. The Lord said, my sheep, they hear my voice. They will not hear the voice of another. Begin to declare that your children will not hear any strange voice. They will not hear the voice of any strange shepherd in the name of Jesus. They will continue to hear your voice of training in their ear, in the mighty name of Jesus. I expect that every woman is praying right now, and every father is agreeing with his wife concerning their children in the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we've prayed. Amen. Strangers will not have authority over the lives of my children in the mighty name of Jesus. This is one area where you can ensure that strangers won't have authority over the lives of your children. You can take that authority in prayer and the Lord will back you up in Jesus' name. Begin to declare strangers will not have authority over the lives of my children in the mighty name of Jesus. Whether it's a physical stranger or a spiritual stranger in the mighty name of Jesus, they will have no authority over the lives of our children in Jesus' mighty name. They will only hear the voice of the Lord in the mighty name of Jesus. The only authority that will be the final authority in their lives is the voice of Jesus, the word of the Lord in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. We're going to be praying for our husbands as they father those children, as they parent them. Father, give my husband and I the wisdom to teach, to instruct, and to lead our children by godly example. In Jesus' mighty name, give my husband and I the wisdom to lead, to teach, and to guide, to instruct our children. In the mighty name of Jesus, to show godly example to those children in the mighty name of Jesus. The Lord said in his word, he's expecting us to raise godly seed unto him. He said, I know Abraham that he will teach his children after me. Let's begin to declare concerning that, that our families will follow that pattern in the mighty name of Jesus. Our fathers, the Lord will give, the, our husbands, the Lord will give them the wisdom to teach, instruct, and guide in Jesus' mighty name. Teach them by godly example. Then you are going to place your hand on your heart, place your hand on your chest. Father, give my children a heart that obeys godly instruction in the mighty name of Jesus. Mention your children's names one by one. Give my children a heart that obeys godly instruction in the mighty name of Jesus. Let them develop godly principles in the name of Jesus. Maybe during this uh, holiday, you've noticed some little, little things about your children you are not happy about. It could be some little dishonesty, little integrity issues, and so on. Begin to pray. Place your hand on your heart as a point of contact to them. If they are sitting near you, you can also touch their chest. Father, give my children a heart that obeys godly instruction in the mighty name of Jesus. My children will not be rebellious in Jesus' name. No matter what we are seeing concerning those children, we must continue to pray. We must continue to believe concerning them. We must continue to lift them up in prayer. And the Lord will hear our prayers in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. Father, wash away every satanic wax 
and demonic voice that is blocking my children's ears from godly values. Blood of Jesus, wash away every satanic wax and demonic voice that is blocking my children's ears from godly values in the mighty name of Jesus. You can place your hand on your ear, even as a point of contact to all your children in the mighty name of Jesus. Let every demonic wax, everything that is blocking their ears from hearing the voice of God and every demonic voice that they may be hearing that is telling them that there is no consequence for disobedience. Let that voice be silenced this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. Let the wax be washed off by the blood of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we've prayed. Amen. Father, I exchange every heart of stone for a heart of flesh. My children will not be like the prodigal son in Jesus' mighty name. Let every heart of stone in every child, let it be chained to the heart of flesh according to the word of the Lord. He said in his word, in the book of Ezekiel, he said he would take out that stony heart and he would replace it with the heart of flesh. In every one of our children, let that, the stony heart be replaced with the heart of flesh. In the mighty name of Jesus, our children will not have stony hearts in Jesus' name. They will not be stubborn. That is not the will of God for them. In the mighty name of Jesus. Let us not begin to say, oh, he's just like his father. He's like his grandfather. No, that is not the will of the Lord for them. The enemy wants to use that stubbornness to push them into hell. On the day they need instruction that will save their lives, they will not hear. But it shall not be so concerning our children in Jesus' mighty name. Let every, stone of, let every heart of stone be removed in the mighty name of Jesus. Finally, let's pray. The eyes of my children will not be shut to see their inheritance in Jesus' mighty name. The Lord has given these children an inheritance and it is in the word of God. Their eyes will not be shut in the mighty name of Jesus. Their minds will not be blinded to that word in the mighty name of Jesus. Let's begin to plead the blood of Jesus upon their hearts. They will develop an interest in the word of God. They will develop a hunger for the word of God in the mighty name of Jesus. They will be, develop a hunger and a thirst for the word of God in Jesus' mighty name. Finally, our last prayer point, my children, O oh Lord, let them be sharp arrows in the hands of the Lord. They will not become dull arrows in Jesus' mighty name. What does an archer do with a dull arrow? He throws it aside, and then he looks for the sharp one. All our children shall be sharp arrows in the hands of the Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. They will not be dull arrows in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. Thank you because you've heard our prayers concerning our children. Every declaration we've made concerning our children today is coming to pass in Jesus' mighty name. We shall not cry over our children. We shall not mourn over them in Jesus' name. The Lord said, these children... I and the children that the Lord has given me, I declare that we are for signs and wonders in the land of the living in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, because you've heard our prayer, for we've prayed in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Happy Sabbath. Happy Women's Day. Call to worship. Let's rise on our feet as we open our Bible to our call to worship, Isaiah 58. One, two, three, go. If you turn away your foot from Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord honorable, and shall honor him, nor doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words. Then you shall delight yourself in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth, and feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father.
for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Amen. Our confession. This Sabbath, I receive divine capacity to speak the right words. And I refrain from my own ways. I decree this Sabbath a delight for me and my family. In all my ways, I honor and acknowledge the Lord God Almighty. I am going places I have never been. I am going higher to prosper and be in health. I will live long because God said so, it is said so. May this be our experience in Jesus' name. Amen. And so we'd like to welcome everybody online. Thank you for joining us once again. Um, we are on day two of the King's Daughters Conference, and our theme is Women Take the Lead. Yesterday we had Pastor Yomi Adewale um, taking us through, and it was a glorious time in the presence of the Lord. It was so enlightening. You can view that on YouTube, you can view that on Facebook and all of our social media channels. The message is still on there if you missed it. Today we will be having Reverend Juliet Benite ministering to us in a short while. So I want you to please stay, stay connected. Um, don't go anywhere yet. We have something really nice for you today. Thank you for joining us. As we continue in the service of today, we're going to uh, sing our hymn, and let's open to SDH 493, Fill My Cup, Lord, SDH 493. Like the woman at where I was seeking, like the woman at where I was seeking. For things that could not satisfy And then I heard my Savior speaking Draw from my word that never shall run dry Fill my cup, fill my cup, Lord I lift it up, in this world who are craving the pleasure everything's afford but no Oh 
peace is what gave you leave on God our pass away my blessed Lord we come and save you if you need to him and only pray fill my cup of oh, fill my cup love fill it up I lift it up Lord come and quench this thirst of my soul bread of heaven feed me till I want no more fill my cup fill it up and make me whole fill my cup fill my cup Lord I lift it up Lord come and quench this tear of my soul bread of heaven feed me till I want no more feed my Happy Sabbath, church. I hope you've been having a wonderful time in God's presence so far. You're welcome to Convention uh, Women's Conference 2020. Uh, right now, we'd like to listen to the children. So sit back and uh, listen to our children. Thank you very much.
thank you for holding on with us. I hope you enjoyed the children's program. Thank you so much, children, for being a blessing. Every week they have something to present, and it's been awesome. We are going to go through a review of yesterday's program. Um, I'm not sure everybody could join us online, but it was just awesome. And Pastor Yomi Adewale ministered to us on women taking the lead. Women take the lead. And she said so many things to admonish us women about what we should be doing. Not just in the office, but also on the home front, in the church, spiritually, in our personal lives. What is God expecting of us? What are we supposed to do as women? So we're going to be going through a few of the things that she said. She started with the story of Deborah. Deborah was a judge when Israel had uh, issues with the Philistines. And from what she showed us, and as it is written in the word of God, Deborah took the lead. She didn't just rise up confront the enemies of Israel, she actually got up and went into battle. She led several men. She led the warriors physically into battle. And we have been enjoying that as women, we shouldn't just sit down and pile up so many excuses and say, I can't do it. Yes, there may be things that we are not led to do, there may be things that are not in our area of calling. But she made us understand yesterday that every woman is a treasure and not trash. Every woman comes to this world with a treasure within her. What is your own treasure? It's your responsibility to discover it and to use it. Because when you approach the kingdom, when you come into the kingdom of God, you must have something to show God and to let him know that this is what I made of what you gave to me. She discussed uh, the, the parable of the talents, and she let us know that every woman also has a talent, at least one that you can develop and you can use for the master's glory. And this is our opportunity. Women Take the Lead is an opportunity to rehearse, to rehearse and to go over our lives. Even if you are way, way, way at the top there, there's still something that you can do. There's still a message that was for you yesterday. And I would like to encourage us to just go back over that message and listen again. She x-rayed the lives of um, several types of women. What kind of life is your life? Is it no life? A woman who does absolutely nothing? You wake up in the morning, put, up your, uh, put on your wrapper, and you're all over the neighborhood. He said, is it a one-sided life? That is a mono, mono life. Or are you just an average life? You are just managing, going to work, come back, feed the children, and so on. She said, even if you have an average life, you can go to a good and virtuous woman. Proverbs 31, that woman was given a business mandate, and she fulfilled it. The Bible says she rises up early, she does this, she does so many things. And then from... Even from that, you can go to the hero level. 
where your life is meaningful and is impactful. You know, she, what really, one thing that really struck me, she talked about women who have, um, who are educated, but after that education, after that degree, what do you want to do after that? There are professional exams to write, there are online courses, there are so many things you can do. And funny enough, yesterday before the conference, I was going through, I was just online, and I saw an article by, I think it was Coursera, that said that um, of all the years, you know, at least in the last three or four years, um, this pandemic period was the time when online courses, the demand for online courses was so high. People took so many online courses showing that people did not just sit down sleeping and waking up and wasting their time. And you want to be, I'm sure you want to be one of those people. You want to be somebody that has achieved something during this pandemic. The Lord will help you in Jesus' name. So we should look at the lives of women who, are, who have also achieved and use it to leverage on the things that um, we can also do ourselves. Um, we're going to be having Reverend Juliet this um, morning. She, Reverend Juliet is a leader, a national leader. She is a speaker for the Institute of National Transformation. She graduated from the University of Jos, has a degree in zoology, and she was ordained as a minister in the year 2002. She's the president and founder of Precious Jewel Ministries in Lagos, Nigeria. She's also the president of Lady Ecclesia Foundation, an NGO for women, advocacy, and leadership. She believes that in every woman is the capacity to achieve and excel, and excel in our world. She is a teacher, a life coach, a counselor, an author, and a great friend to have. She is married to an architect, Ovie Binite, and she has two children. She's passionate about the development of Nigeria and Africa in the 21st century. Her values are righteousness, integrity, justice, equity, and unfeigned love. We want to sit tight as we welcome this woman of God to take on today's conference. Let's listen closely, and I know that we'll be blessed in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Wow. <laughs> we want to sit tight as we welcome this woman of God to take on today's conference. Let's listen closely, and I know that we'll be blessed in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Wow. <laughs> we want to sit tight as we welcome this woman of God to take on today's conference. Let's listen closely, and I know that we'll be blessed in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Can you hear me? Wow. <laughs> we want to sit tight as we welcome this woman of There's an echo. Can you hear me? Let's listen closely. I am ready. I know we'll be blessed in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Can you hear me? Wow. We <laughs> want to sit tight as we welcome this woman of There's an echo. Can you hear me?
Hello, can you hear me? Hello. Hello, can you hear me? Good morning, everybody. Praise the Lord. It's my honor and privilege to be here this morning, and uh, I do not take it lightly, Pastor and Pastor Mrs. Buki Agde. Thank you so much. Seventh-day Adventist, I love you. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm right here in New York, <laughs> somewhere we are doing training, doing national transformation, something that I love to do with all my heart. And it's my honor and privilege to be here to speak to you on in your women's conference. Thank you for finding it, <laughs> uh, for me finding favor in your sight. I'm so excited. I've been one that say, oh God, oh God, oh God, these very intellectual people. I hope they can understand me. And so I am, um, in short, women leadership is my expertise. <laughs> the Lord has been speaking to me about women leadership since 1992 as a young lady. Prior to that, he has been speaking. In 1992, I wrote down the vision. I wrote down the points and everything God was saying and it has been my passion for many years. Let us just have a short word of prayer because we are God's people. And um, I know you already worshipped. But as you receive this word today, as you hear this conversation today, my prayer in my heart is that I want to ask God for understanding. That God will give you incredible understanding. The ability to hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying in this season to women. And that God himself will help you catapult you to the next season of your life. Because women are required in this hour and God is trusting that women will rise up and take their place. And I pray you will be that woman. And I pray that the men even listening also will be men who would allow and cooperate with God to allow the women to be all that God has called them to be. There will not be a hindrance to them because even in heaven as they enter the entrance after life, there is no marriage. And so allow your woman to become all that Jehovah has demanded from her. We give God all the praise and glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you so much for this new technological way of COVID-19 and post-COVID. We got to get used to it. And especially as women, many of us are not technically savvy, IT savvy. These are the tools also you need as a woman to take you to your next season. You have to be technically savvy. You need to know at least the basics. There are young people all around us all the time and they can help us achieve this purpose. They can help us achieve the capacity of being compliant in the season. If you are not computer literate 
or you do not have the basic understanding, it is time for you to go through the training. You are not dumb. You can do it. You are not foolish. You can do it. So let nobody tell you because you're a woman, the thing can't enter your head. You know, I was having a discussion with some of my colleagues. I remember when I was being ordained as a reverend. I had been ordained as a deacon many, many years ago. So I was being ordained as a reverend. And uh, Apostle Kure was in that meeting in the ordination, was a guest speaker. After service, he grabbed my hands and he said to me in 2002, it's a woman of God. God is going to use you on the internet. He's going to use you in the media. He's going to do this, do that. Just when he was talking, in my mind, I was saying, God, even the fact that I came for ordination, it was a big step. Now you're giving me more assignment. And here we are at COVID-19, post-COVID-19, we are all speaking through the internet. How great God is. God sees the end always from the beginning. But of course, in seeing all that, he himself gives us the responsibility of choice. As much as the fact that God knows all your trajectories, God knows the outcome thereof, but it is your responsibility to make the choices and the choices you make will determine what God will do with you. And my prayer is that you will choose life. You choose the abundance of God's life. The Bible says in him was life and that life became the light of men. God is looking for those who can convert conversion, convert the light, the life of God to the light of men. Men are sitting in darkness. They need light. And when I use the word men, today, United Nations and all the binary issues, they, are, they, 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 they want to make us women feel as if you don't say woman, you don't mean us. We are men just with a womb. Don't let anybody intimidate you. You are not less. So I'm going to share my screen and uh, technical support. You have to let me know uh, whether it can be seen clearly so that... Um, everybody can have the opportunity to see what I'm sharing because I love to teach with slides. One of my greatest grace is that I'm a teacher or more of a prophetic teacher. So um, technical support, as you chat with me, just confirm to me that the screen can be seen now and my voice can be heard clearly so that I can continue. Can you confirm, sir? Is the screen? Hallelujah. The screen is up and running. You can see your beautiful Pastor Mrs. And I don't normally use that Pastor Mrs. And I'm glad they just use Pastor Yomi here. I love that. Pastor Yomi Adewale is the, the guest speaker. And of course, our host, Pastor Mrs. or Pastor Bola. There's no need. But Pastor Bukino Vex. Eh? That's why I just call myself Reverend Julia Benite. They don't call men Reverend Mr. Uh, somebody, Reverend Mr. Simon. So I'm already married. If I'm filling a form, my status is there. It doesn't make me less a married woman. I've been married for 25 years by the grace of God. And God has been good to me. And uh, I bless God for Victory Sanctuary. What an incredible man of God you have. Incredible man of God. And I just say it as a cliche of opening a meeting. I know if he's not incredible, I will not even respond to him. And I bless God for his incredible partner a woman that loves her husband and her children. And I know that God is raising her. Everything she has experienced in her life is bringing her to this moment. And woman of God, get ready. Get ready. These steps you're taking, sometimes you feel stressful about it. But woman of God, God is lifting you up your head even above your fellows. So women, it is time for us to take the lead. And when we say take the lead here, we're not saying take the lead and overtake the men. 
take the lead and become oppressive, take the lead and become a, a, a rebellious woman. No, take the lead in the places God has positioned you alongside for some women, by yourself for some, with others for some, no matter the position God gives you, be confident and lead. And so today we're going to be talking about this topic and um, technical, you'll be helping me as we are going along because uh, as we are all women here, you must all know that all of us are still on this entire uh, ministry. I'm trying to switch this slide. It's not really responding to me, sir. Is there something I need to do? Okay. It's not responding. Okay, I should minimize my other page, right? Is that what you're saying? Switch to video. Where's the video now? Okay, I think I'm on now. Okay, I'm back in video. But can you see the slide? Okay. You can see the slide? Not yet. Okay, just give me a moment. It's part of this uh, technical matters arising. Mm. Okay, let me stop sharing. Okay, it's here. I can see it here. But can you see it? That's my challenge. Mm. Okay, let me stop sharing. Or should I quickly send it to you? Can you broadcast from there? Can we work together? Confirm. I can send it to you by email. Can we work together? You can see me now. So, but the screen that I wanted to share, you can't see. I want to share my screen. Okay, I know probably what the matter is. Let me see if I can take out all the other slides that are interfering and see if this works, okay? Okay. Okay, now I'm ready. So this is my entire screen, application screen. Do I use my entire screen or the application screen? Confirm. These uh, technical uh, issues are the agenda arising. Uh, you need to help me out. Otherwise, I'll just keep talking from uh, splitting. I'll probably split my own screen and see how I can use it. Otherwise, should I send it to you? Okay, somebody's about to explain. Why is explaining? I know the topic. I want you to open your Bible to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 28. That's where every matter started. So when the screen is up, I just want to share some thoughts with you because it's important for us to be on the same page. It is critical for you to have a clarity of understanding of what God is saying, especially in the 21st century. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, is the core of all matters, is the reason for this discussion. Nobody, you know, nobody, um, because I'm, I'm so used to Zoom, but... This is Vimeo, but I think it's almost the same thing, but let me wait for the technical people while I keep on speaking. 
So in Genesis chapter 1, most of you know the scripture from verse 26, probably even on top of your head, they wake you up, you know the scripture. In Genesis chapter 21, God said, let us create man in our image and in our likeness and let them have what? Dominion. And the Bible says, I want us to follow. I hope we're all there in Genesis chapter 1, uh, verse 26. It's important for us to read it, whether you are home, anywhere you are in the world. Open your Bible to Genesis 20, uh, chapter 1, verse 26 to 28. We need to read the very beginning. The word Genesis is actually the beginning of all beginnings. I'll be reading in the New King James Version. It said, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over every, uh, over all the earth and over every creepy thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, 27. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them. God did not bless only him. God blessed them. Fill the earth, number one. Or other version will say increase, uh, multiply. Say be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth, subdue it and have dominion. There are five mandates five human mandates male and female mandates that god has given us uh, god has given us yes and so we need to recognize what god has given and so that we will know the the the, the purpose of what god is doing and so um okay i think i, I think i made an error here Give me a moment. I hope I've not cost Wahala for all of you there. Uh, give me a moment to follow the instruction of this uh, gentleman leading me. But I'm wondering why some of my slides are not being shown. That's my concern. This particular one is not being shown. I'm not seeing it. That's my challenge. But we'll sort it out. It's part of what you got to be savvy and ready, and the message must also be in your spirit. Um, okay. So, you say uh, click on the full screen and start chatting. Okay. Uh, do you want me to do entire okay to share my entire screen okay that's the the, the, the chat the matter i was sharing application okay so i'm sharing my entire screen then you said i should click on the full screen where am i clicking Confirm. Are you seeing it? Just give us a moment, women. We'll do this. Are you seeing it? Okay, let me leave it. This, uh, I don't know what's happening. I really wanted the women to see these slides. That's so critical. Uh, you said I should share mine. Choose the entire screen. Okay, please open the app to you to your. Are you using the site? Are you using the slides? Okay, 
I am using this slide now. So can you see it? I need a verbal confirmation. I think we've gotten it.
hide. Some of us want to hide and think we can get away from it. Honey, help me. And, and James, help me. We have to know these things by instructions. And thank you so much. Technical support is so good to have such support quickly. That's part of it. Your phone has to be active, Wi-Fi working. Right now, I have two Wi-Fi's. I mean, I have my phone uh, hotspotting and I have a, another Glow Wi-Fi. This thing, you just have to reduce whatever you're using your money for and uh, back yourself. So with all the efforts that has been made in 21st century, most women, females do not believe that they have leadership quality to take the lead in the global affairs. Most women believe that leadership roles belong to male, man only, and they feel that woman is simply called to follow the male man. This is absolutely not true. Sorry, men, we are not called to follow you. We are called to walk alongside with you. So since both male and female were created in the image and likeness of God and are joined heads with Christ, it implies that both male and female have leadership capacity. We need to get that right. In the day God created them, male and female, Genesis chapter 5, he repeated again. And that's why he said, I call their name Adam. Madam Eve was not Eve till after the sin and they were being driven out of the garden when she became Eve. She was not Eve until she was leaving the garden. And that's why we must recognize this fact. Her name was Adam. She was Mrs. Adam and her husband was Mr. Adam. It was even the man as they were leaving the garden, Eve was a prophetic statement that the man made. This teaching I'm teaching you, I can use a whole one week in a women's camp, and that's when we will drill. But today, let me just give you an overview quickly. What then is leadership? Because sometimes women are thinking, what is this leadership thing? It sounds so masculine. It is as if it's just a male-dominated thing. And some of us as women say, oh, it's a man's world. No, no, no. It's, a, it's God's world. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And therefore, number one, the ability to lead. Leadership's ability to lead, ability to guide, to direct, to influence. Leadership's about guidance. You guide people, you direct people. It's also about an office and a position of, of a leader. A leader takes a chair, he's given a position, but he has to lead. For example, Africa does not have a, a problem with having leadership. They have, a, I mean, having leaders, they have a leadership problem. So the office and position of the head of a political party or other words, so synonyms of leadership are management, control, guidance, leadership, direction, governance. So men are not the only one called to do these things. And one of the scriptures I'm going to share as we go along. So there was a loss of leadership. This, this particular slide alone is nothing less than a two-hour teaching. This slide that I'm showing right now of the loss of leadership space. When the woman sinned in the Garden of Eden, I have traced and I have studied that conversation and the, and the, and the judgment God passed and certain things God said. When he said, and the man will rule over you. I found the word, when the Holy Ghost was speaking to me, I kept telling me, I said, I have not found a translation. He said, go deeper and check in the, uh, in, the in the both the Hebrew and the Spetrangian's um, translation. The word say, and the man will rule over you. He said, the man will dominate you. Another translation, recent translation say, you will be oppressed. So woman oppression was not ordained by God, was it under the covenant? It was under the demonic activity. The enemy is the woman's enemy. So Satan will do everything through culture, society to oppress you. So but you, you, the church over these years have not understood clearly the place of this woman who, in quote, caused the man to sin. But even that same woman, in the woman called Mary, God began the restoration process. And God said, oh, highly favored one, 
through you, the nations of the earth shall be blessed. And God began to speak to this woman, speak to this woman, this young woman by the well who was supposed to be married. He interrupted her marriage and gave her an assignment to prove to her that your marriage is not the number one assignment. Just that when the woman was created, it was God that the woman saw first and it was God that brought the woman to the man. For over the days and decades and years and centuries, women have taken their eyes off God and put it upon men. And that's why they have lost their leadership capability because the leadership of the woman emerges from God. It doesn't emerge from society. It doesn't emerge from culture. It doesn't emerge from marriage. It emerges from God. So women have been told and psyched by culture and tradition that they are incapable of leadership. But the devil is a liar. They have also believed the lie the church has told them. Oh, women can't teach. Women can't speak. But there's evidence all over the world. Even in, beyond the Bible, there were women God anointed. So either God himself is the foolish one or God is uh, stupid. But the Bible says, God forbid, in him there is no darkness at all. And so we need to understand that in the Bible, Genesis 3, 20, I mean Galatians 3, 28 to 29, there is now no distinction, neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is not male or female. You are all called in Jesus Christ, in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, are you are you in him who is Abraham's seed? Then you are Abraham's offspring and spiritual heirs according to the promise. Even as the United Nations is beginning to say some things, they are actually trying to interpret the season that God has. But the devil he always uses the season that God has to misinterpret the fact. Like today, United Nations is removing the differences between saying a host and a hostess. He said, no, everybody's a host, whether she's male or female. All these uh, S, 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 they said, no, it is enough. Stop labeling women and making gender as if it's the focus. They are right, but they are taking it to the extreme. God in this season is bringing back his daughters. When Jesus was raised from the dead, the first to see him to send the message was a woman. It was abnormal because by the days of that tradition, a woman could not testify of anything. Even when there's a crime, she's there, she saw it. In the Old Testament, the woman could not testify. She can never become a witness in any court at that time. Just recently, less than a thousand years ago, that's when this... A great thing was happening, even though Jesus had paid the price for over 2,000 years. And so women, you need to understand that leadership is not exclusive. Every human being has the instinct and capacity for leadership, but most do not have the courage and will, will to cultivate. This is Dr. Miles Moron of Blessed Memory. Everyone, male and female, is born with a leadership spirit, but everyone has the spirit of leadership. And what is the difference between the, 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 the spirit of leadership and the leadership spirit? The spirit of leadership is what God imputes in us but the spirit of leadership is what you develop you must become a leader but you have to develop there is no woman that you wake up from your bedroom and say okay now i'm in leadership no you must be trained you must go through the rigors you must pay the price because all the money the world optimized Muro said can make you rich and power in the world can make you strong but these things can never make you a leader that's why you are seeing rich women and they are being battered you are seeing rich women and they are not relevant you are seeing people who are just sitting dock for the devil and that is not us. Leadership is not a, a technique. It's not a style. It's not acquisition of skill, but a manifestation of the nature of God. The nature of God is both male and female. Is both in male and female. So the manifestation of that nation, the coming forth of the individual to fulfill God's agenda is God's kind of leadership. 
The world is looking for true leaders, men and women who can show them how to fulfill their purpose, people who understand. And that's why when we were created in the image of God, this is a, 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 a an ongoing, for example, now this particular slide is a lecture on its own. It's a two-hour lecture on its own. Where we talk about being created in the image and likeness of God, which means the fruit, the character, image, fruit is character, functionality is the power and the manifestation of God. And in the character of God, God manifests himself in the fruit of the spirit. The fruit of the spirit of God talks about love, joy, peace, patience. So every woman, you must develop the character of God. I don't care what you're going through. God understands what you're going through, but he knows that you are bigger than what you're going through. So you must know how to manifest love, not have love in your spirit. Remember that love must come out from your spirit into action. You must have joy. People must feel it, see it, peace, patience, endurance, compassion, kindness like compassion. Uh, a woman like Florence Nightingale moved from the compassion of her heart to a compassion of a society by changing medical care. And she moved from just the uh, the function into policy at the policy level is when it is internalized at the policy level is when it is made law god doesn't just want the, uh, the the fruit of love he wants the law of love he doesn't want just the joy in our heart he wants a manifestation and the policies that will bring joy and how do you now function in those policy area whether you are in politics education name the seven spheres of influence you need the gift of wisdom to operate you need the gift of knowledge to operate you need the gift of faith to operate the gifts of healing florence nightingale said i heard a voice at 17. she did not go she said god called her to go into healing she don't build a tent and say it's laying over hands there's the aspect of laying on her of hands for healing it's okay but she went into administrative medical care and revolutionized the medical care of england that became a template for the rest of the world if you're a nurse today you meet florence nightingale in the class the gift of working of miracles today technology is walking of miracles yes it's not being walked by most children of god but god was the one that downloaded it i remember i heard a message by a man of god in 2000 1999 god said i'm downloading the technology required for the ends of the gospel but my children are not ready but it is time for it to be released god will use a cyrus he will use anybody god forbid after he has used you don't know him he will dump you but what you gotta do He's got to do. We need gift of prophecy. We need women who wake up with prophetic direction, declaration of how do we deal with an, a, a, a strong willed child. They'll come out with educational templates, prophetic, downloaded from heaven. Prophecies about download, discernment of spirit, how to divide, how to separate, gifts of diverse kinds of tongues. There are some of you, it's not just in speaking in tongues and you can interpret, but there are those of you who are talented to speak five languages. One of my greatest weakness is to pick up languages. But I see some people, they stay in one city two, two months, three months, tuku, tuku, they already know. Because you have the gift of translation, of taking templates and begin to translate them. But some people are sitting saying, I'm waiting until I get to the pulpit. Oh, I'm waiting until Jagede calls me. I'm waiting until Juliet calls me. No, you need to know that God wants to use. The gift of interpretation, all these functional gifts, in the days to come, we will break it down. It is a societal transformational gift. It's for the society. Zali Kabo is for the society. And so the leadership spirit, the hidden leader, leadership is inherent in our nature, according to the research by Dr. Mines, and I agree with him because it is in us. Christ in us is the hope of glory. Everybody is born with the leadership spirit as a potential. 
But we must first understand that we were created in God's image and likeness, whether we are saved or unsaved. There is the leadership spirit. For the saved, it is the connection to God that makes it more powerful. For the unsaved, they are disconnected, but they are still using it for the kingdom of darkness. That's why you see them magnifying themselves and increasing in their powers. But yet those of us who are children of God, ah, we are still uh, looking down and feeling sad with ourselves and things are not happening for us. But I know this church is a new church. So quickly, let us talk about some myths about leadership. This is just a short slide to just touch up. The days to come, we need a camp. May God just take this COVID. Because this one, we need camping, discussion, rubbing of minds to get it. This thing is maybe three hours every day. Nothing less than do some homework assignment to drill it down. Because there's a restoration of all things. Uh, Acts chapter 3, 21 says, all the things are restored. Jesus will not come. All of you trying to force Jesus to come, he won't come. Till things are restored and the gospel of the kingdom become a witness. It's not a witness yet. There are people in India, China. There are people in Taiwan, in many places that this gospel has not gone. And technology is the accelerator to make it happen. So we live in a distorted world where the idea of leadership is misunderstood and misconstrued. This myth is to give you and I an understanding what you should believe and what you must believe. Myth number one, battery theory. Leaders are born and not made. Uh -huh. Indeed. You know, that's how the elite class try to corner things to themselves. They want to make everybody feel bad. Hey, now we did lead. Now we are born to lead. Some people say we are born to lead. Nobody's born to lead. We are all, we all have leadership potential. Don't let anybody tell you they are born to lead nothing. We are all born with the leadership potential. Number two, leadership is by providence. It's not by providence. Some are chosen to lead, but others are not. So some are gods and others are not. That's a Roman empire from gods after the order of men. No, we are all gods. That's what Jesus said. We are all gods. There's no providence of a few. We are all, we are a company of kings. Jesus is not intimidated by your kingship. Leadership is as a result of charismatic personality. Now lie. There are people who can't even open their mouth to speak and they are those, in quote, docile behind the back. God said they are still leaders. They can lead, even if they are leading from behind. There is an assignment. Leadership is about fulfilling an assignment and moving a matter from A to B. Myth number four, leadership is the product of forceful personality. Me, I, over the years, I was a timid girl. I was timid. Ah, I will tell you that story another day. What you see today is the evidence of the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, I was timid, but I was very resistant to nonsense. I hated injustice. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. But it is not about force. It's not about charisma. It's not about you. It is about everybody. Everybody leads from different positions. And that's why my glory, my desire, my prayer is for women, a company of women to arise. I'm not intimidated by the greatness of any other woman. I celebrate it because that is what God wants. It's when you are intimidated because you don't know what God's want. You become envious. You come. Yes, we can convert each other's gift, but everybody is uniquely made. You need to find your unique selling point. We talk about it in management, but let us bring it to our personal level. Leadership is the result of special training. Leadership is the result is is the result of only special training. Mean that oh, if you want to make some leaders, we have to specialize. No, everybody has a potential. But yes, training is to sharpen it. Training will not make you provide leadership. Training will bring out the leadership in you. So even in, in the Institute, what we're trying to do is that some things are already in. We unlock. 
INT unlocks. We are unlocking. Wherever I go, I unlock a women, whatever is there. Only men are called to lead. Of course, we have already emphasized that. Sorry, men, that's a lie. Never told. Big lie has been told, and God is removing those lies. Women cannot be good leaders without men. Other than sorry, men, we need you. We love you. We are your wives, but not every time that we need you to be by our side. We can lead sometimes independently. We don't always need you. Like the virtuous woman, she sat down, considered a land. Yes, we'll take advice. We will let you know, but don't make us feel as if, if we don't ask you a question, we are dumb dogs. It's not happening. True leadership is mainly about attitude, not technique. You cannot learn an attitude and it'll be called conditioning. No, you become. And that's why even when we train, like what we are doing here, we are helping people to become. We cannot make them change, but they have to decide to change. That's what it means here. Of course, leading, um, training and teachings and the gospel helps people. But what my Moroni says that, like communism, you cannot condition people. Rather, you make people make the decision. And when they make the decision, they own their attitude. We were given a leadership spirit when we were created and our leadership potential is intact. But we lost that spirit of leadership, meaning the consciousness, not this, the issue itself, because whatever God does is eternal, but the consciousness of being in the image of likeness, we lost that when we fell. And so there are five types of leadership that I want us to know as women. Number one, that those who are just positional leadership, and this is not really God's best for us. A woman like Vashi, who should have been at the feast, decided to have her own and expose her mockery. There are women today, you are called to lead alongside with your husband. There are women today, they, you may not be called to lead alone. We are all different. Some of you, it is alongside with your husband. And you need to recognize that. The law of recognition is important for you to know where God has placed you. There are women like that. Vashi missed the point and Esther rose up. And of course, Esther had to pay the price to have a seat by by uh, on the left actually to have a seat by Hasaro's side she had to pay the price the feast of esther was made and then now she doesn't need the man to raise his scepter for her to come and she had an entrance so that women differently permissive leadership that women uh, like madame sarah but of course she changed her ways finally but sarah in actual fact the story background sarah even died of a broken heart eventually because she overstressed herself by this her new son isaac when the man took him for sacrifice they didn't come up back on time and sarah was really depressed so madame sarah in her trying to permit god uh, some of you want to help god madame sarah took her god to abraham today we have a generational war that has not stopped safira also permitted and lied to the apostle and died. So if submission is absolute, what Safira did, God should not have killed her. Any submission that is outside the agenda of God, the counsel of the Lord is not submission. You are permissive and you are allowing the enemy to destroy your husband and destroy your home. And, and like the Abigail, she made the shift. Productive-minded leadership. The Queen of Sheba, who was interested in the out, out um outcomes outcomes than the, than the roots of operation a uh, judge deborah interested in results and leader the merchant these are productive leaders it's okay to be a productive leader it's not that it's bad but god is telling you, you need to know at which point of leadership you're operating from sometimes people just want the results not the process and so um they missed the point of course at the end of the day even judge deborah had another woman she prophesied and jael 
did a strategic action. Uh, people development leadership, we talk about Priscilla, a great teacher of the world, uh, Jehoshiba, the daughter of King Joram, sister of Ahaziah, took Joash, the son of Ahaziah, and hid him from the wicked Atalia. These are things that all of us uh, uh, should know. And of course, uh, focus uh, leadership is, we, we talk about uh, uh, the different kinds of women who uh, are virtuous and especially women who are focused. This is the leadership that is focused on Christ, that is focused on God's will. The three Marys, I have a whole teaching on the three Marys. Uh, Mary, the, the mother of Jesus, Mary of Magdala, and Mary, the, the sister of Lazarus. Three Marys, I have a teaching on three Marys that I, I, I have, that I do, teaching women at different points. Quite a remarkable teaching, I received it of the Lord. Most of this teaching I receive of the Lord and he takes me into research, then I begin to do the three Marys is another teaching that is very interesting for women to understand the different dimension of leadership. Of course, so true leadership, what is then true leadership? Dr. Miles defines it that it is leadership as the capacity to influence others through one, inspiration, motivated two, by, by passion, three, generated by a vision, produced by a conviction, and ignited by purpose. So write those three, three things down, I mean five things down quickly. One, inspiration, you must inspire people. One of the things I have problem with women, when we meet each other, we don't know how to inspire ourselves. The men know how to encourage themselves. Women will look down on each other, checking each other's bag and shoes. How much, how much, how much? No, be an inspirator. Be a woman with inspiration that you can motivate, push people, and ginger them, but do it with passion. Anybody who meets me knows I'm passionate. I don't put on passion. Somebody saw me in a, in a foreign land and told woman ago, oh, she's pretending this is not how she is. So another woman was defending her, say, eh, this one that since campus, in the days of campus, I graduated in 1990. This woman, that fire, fire, fire. But I believe the fire comes from the Lord. So I'm passionate. Anything I don't believe God has given me, oh, you will see me redundant. You will even try and push me and we move. You wonder, say, is this the same Juliet? I will not be passionate if I cannot be convicted. So you need conviction. You need vision. Vision is the state of picture. What are you seeing? What is God showing? And the only way your vision will be sharpened is the degree of the word of God and the spirit working in you. You must allow God's word to be shaped, to shape your sight and to shape your heart. God told the Ladosian church in Revelation, Chapter three, he said, you think you can see, you think you are rich, you think you're, they say, come, 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 buy eyes have that you may see. Some of us need to see what God is seeing and saying. And of course they are ignited by a purpose. As a young girl, I remember I was asking God, what is the purpose of a woman? What is the purpose of a woman? And you know, another long story, but let me cut it short. And when the workers meeting in, uh, I think it's 1999 or, I mean, sorry, 1989 or 1988, I can't remember the exact date, a, a preacher came and we're doing workers fellowship. So I raised up my hand. I said, what's the purpose of a woman beyond marriage and having children? Do you know what this man of God did to me? He paid me. He looked at me and said, woman, you have the answer. That was Saturday. On Sunday again, he helped me. Woman, you have the answer. Let nobody stop you. I said, God, which one is this answer that I have that I don't know? Oh, by 1992. Oh, my God. God unlocked the door. I began to see things. And over the years, it expanded. 92, he said, close the book. I will tell you when to open it. By 1999, God said, begin to speak. Begin to speak. The hour has come. I say, hey, God, who am I? But as I followed, it began clear. It began clear. So however, leadership is more than influence, but modeling and 100% inspiration rather than manipulation and forcing people like Hitler. 
I don't force people. I want women to see their own capacity and then allow it to grow. And don't be intimidated. Don't be like Snow White. I have my teachings on those Snow White series. Snow White, mirror, mirror, who is the finest? Oh, we are all fine. Period. That's my answer. Mirror, mirror, who is the finest? We are all fine. And there are more finer ones coming. And I will not be intimidated by the finer ones because the more finer we become and refined and refined and refined, the glory of God will be seen. So true leadership is not a method. Or a technique, like I said, or a science, but an attitude. Having a leadership spirit means that you are naturally created to lead. But the spirit of leadership refers to the attitude, mentality, mindset necessary for leadership spirit to manifest. So without the leadership spirit, I mean, without the spirit of leadership, the leadership spirit will remain dormant or redundant as the case may be. And so I want to challenge you this morning that the spirit of leadership is a derivative of the leadership spirit. It is the state of mind and the attitude. I apologize for the hiccups in all our connections, but those are the things that uh, we were speaking this morning that God will help us as a nation and help us individuals to be technically savvy and get these things uh, better. I was sharing my screen based on the windows opening, but I needed to share the entire screen and walk through that. So these are the things that we need to learn more and more. I'm more savvy with uh, Zoom, but I love this view mail because I see that it's quite sharp and clear. And so women leadership, as I conclude today, Dr. Mazmura says, many women allow men to control them because they are looking for their extinct from their relationship with the males rather than from their relationship with the creator. This is the serious problem for many women. It hinders the expression of their leadership nature. True leadership gives people a cause, a reason for living, a sense of significance that gives them meaning to their lives so that they will feel necessary and purposeful. It gives them an outlet for expressing their own gifting. You cannot give significance if you do not if you do not already have it, you cannot lead people where you have not gone. God commanded us to love others as we have been loved. Our self-esteem should be equal to the esteem with which the creator regards us. So in other words, I do not love Anne the way I want to. I love her the way God wants me to love her. I do not love uh, uh, Pastor Yomi the way that I want to. I love her the way God wants to. And when we shift beyond our human limitation, shift beyond our 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 kind of personalities and our weaknesses we allow the nature of god and in love we lead we lead by love and as women begin to love more they lead more how we see the world comes from our self-esteem leading without leadership your attitude is more powerful than your reputation mankind lost that connection with god but the question many people are asking and can only be answered in god is who am i where did i come from where am i why am i here uh, what am I capable of doing? Where am I going? Many of us are royal slaves and ignorant kings, which is a mental illness. I repeat, many of us are royal slaves and ignorant kings, which is a mental illness. May God deliver us from slavery and ignorance. And all they shout of Black Lives Matter. I'm thank God I just discovered yesterday a group is waking up. He said it is Black Wisdom Matters. We have wisdom. We're people created by God. So Dr. Miles Morris stated that nothing is more dangerous than power in the hands of the one who suffers from a sense of mental inferiority. The formula for oppression is power without mental. I mean, the formula for oppression, of course, is power without mental soundness. So the mark of leadership is very quickly. The spirit of a, a strong self-image, a true sense of a source, the spirit of a strong self-image, the spirit of a healthy self-concept, a perception of yourself, the spirit of self-confidence, a belief in one's inherent ability, the spirit of self-significance, a sense of valuable contribution to our world, the spirit of passion, a deep conviction and determination, the spirit of excellence, 
is striving to always improve oneself and one's work. The spirit of compassion is sensitivity to the values of others. So you need to begin to know, to love yourself, value others, have passion, stop hiding. Stop hiding your passion. You feel passionate about something, you just hide it. Even with some women and their relationship with the husband, you know you have passion, you want to express it. Hey, if I express it, let my husband not call me a prostitute. And that's where it starts. Even within the bedroom, you're afraid. Within the kitchen, you're afraid. You now go out, you're afraid. You go and reach the top. A woman at 60, you see them at 70, they're afraid. And when they, their sons marry a confident woman, they, they are the ones to intimidate her because they never saw freedom. And so everybody else should be oppressed. The spirit of creativity, a belief in unattested on try. Step out in faith. The spirit of self-empowerment. You must study to show yourself approved. Stop waiting for someone to tell you wake up. It's not your husband's responsibility to, to train you. You need yourself to wake up as a woman. The self-improvement of a personal commitment to grow. The spirit of self-discipline. You must put your body under, put yourself under an agenda. I was teaching time management here in New York. I had to tell them, you must put yourself. Time how long you bath. Time how long you make up. Time, 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 time yourself. This morning before I came here, I already had a meeting. I had to excuse myself for this program. Right now, a meeting is going on. When I'm done, I pull out this Maasho that I've used for this now, and I change to a T-shirt, and I'm up and going. So the spirit of humility, a consciousness of self and one's strength and weakness, the spirit of unlimited ability, a spirit in one's possession as raw material, the spirit of possibility, a commitment to unlimited thinking. You can do it. Stop someone telling you you can't do it. Oh, no, she's not good enough. Oh, you're too... I'm good enough. The spirit of self-acceptance and embracing of one's total humanity, including your strength, your weakness, accept both your strength and weakness. In your weakness, transform it. Begin to look at yourself. You know what makes you weak. Your physical appearance, what you don't like. I was growing, when I grew up, I was growing up, they told me I was an ugly girl. I did not know that my sisters were just trying to oppress me in the polygamous home. It was in Christ I found my beauty. And now you can't tell me otherwise. I have a mirror. I don't need a compliment. I know whose I am. I know who I am. Attitudes are nothing more than the habits of those produced by self-image, self-worth, and self-esteem. And the habit can be acquired and changed by the condition of the mind. And so leadership dynamic is both an act and a science, like I said. And uh, we need to increase the increase of women leadership. There is a demand for women to take the lead. And Adam called the woman Eve, the mother of all living. Her seed in Christ must bruise the devil. Great is the company of women that publish the word in Psalm 68, verse 11, the translation said, the Lord gives the word of power and uh, the women who bear and publish the news are of great host. Thank you so much for listening. And I believe that God, by his power, is raising you up as a woman. It is time for you to enter your own days, your destiny, and rise up and be all God has called you to be. It is my absolute pleasure this day, and I pray that the God of heaven will grant you understanding. You will listen to this tape over and over. We will have more meetings together to download. I have a whole school of womanhood that I'm launching. Now I'm going to launch it online. I have 22 lectures in the school of womanhood by the grace of God. And so it is time for women to know that we're not in competition with any man. And we're not trying to destroy our husbands. We're not trying to say men are irrelevant. I'm not in that business. Oh, I need men. Oh, I need men. I love men. I love men. I love men. And thank God that God created men. They walk in a different way that I can't walk. And together we make things happen. So I'm not intimidated and I'm less, but I know I need a man. I need them in my life for a partner, for greater labor, for greater result, for greater impact. And therefore, I'm not intimidated. That's why I can sit among men and I'm free. 
I don't I'm, I don't feel intimidated or less. But again, and also everybody's giving their respect that is due. Pastor Buki, Pastor Yomi, thank you so much. Seven day Adventure, like I give God glory for your life. Thank you for honoring me and giving me the privilege to speak on your behalf. Shalom. God bless you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. I believe the session was recorded, right? Whatever it is you want to do, have a vision. God has given us the capacity and the capability to visualize. So have the vision and have the conviction. Because whatever it is you're trying to, you know, sell or lead with, if you're not convinced yourself, it's very hard to convince the next person. So I'm learning, uh, Reverend Julie, and I'll keep learning under you and as much as possible under other mentors that are available. Uh, thank you very much for blessing us this morning. I hope uh, we've all been blessed, especially my sisters and brothers that are watching online. I'm actually here to promote Thites and Offering. And I'm just going to speak to Luke chapter 6, um, verse 38. And it says, Give, and it shall be given unto you, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For when, with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And um, as we prepare for our tithes and offering, I just want to tell us um, the hidden benefit that comes from giving. Not just our tithes and our offering, but for giving generally. Um, I've learned that under this ministry, not to withhold the gift that God has given to me. Uh, I used to be able to think in the past that, okay, if I give this person this cloth, what will I wear? If I, if I give them what is in my hands, what will I eat? But this ministry has taught me that as much as there are needs outside and you have the capacity, give. And it's been amazing the return back. 
Uh, these days, I give without even thinking because if you think, you probably would think you've lost your mind. So you give without thinking. You give your thighs, you give your offering, you give to your fellow men and women, you give to the needy. Especially the time that we are in right now is a time that there's so much need in the world. We cannot bury our heads in the sand and pretend that it will go away or we leave those givings to someone else to do. So uh, this morning, I'm not just calling on to us to give our thighs and our offering, but to give of ourselves, to give of our resources, to give of our, our time. There's someone there that just needs someone to speak to, someone, a shoulder to lean on. Uh, let's be that shoulder. Let's have a general attitude of giving. And God will bless us even as we do in Jesus' name. Our God is a God that surpasses our needs. According to the reading of today, you can never outgive God. He'll give to you good measures, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Try it. I know that uh, we don't even need convincing in the ministry of Victory Sanctuary, but I'm speaking to as many of us that are still struggling with this. Uh, let giving be our attitude today and just trust God that he will honor his word even as he said it today in Jesus' mighty name. So I'd like for you, us all to rise up wherever we are, in our various home fellowships, in our homes, wherever we are, uh, listening to this broadcast today. As we dance and praise God, as we give our thoughts and our offerings. Thank you very much. What a marvelous God, what a marvelous God. He has done marvelous things for me. What a marvelous God, what a marvelous He's yet to do marvelous things for me. Hallelujah. What a marvelous God, what a marvelous God. To you, Jesus, be all the honor. To you. 
Praise the Lord. Let us pray. And so, Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you. We want to appreciate you this day for the gift of being alive, for the gift you've given unto us, O God, to be givers unto your kingdom. Father, we want to appreciate everyone that has sowed into your kingdom today, uh, their tithes and their offering, and we ask according to your word that you bless them. Father, we know we can never outgive, outgive you. Therefore, we pray, O oh God, that just as you said, so shall it be done unto us in Jesus' name. We want to pray that for as many as have the heart to give and are unable to do so this day, Father Lord, that you meet them at the point of their needs. Make a way for them where there seems to be no way. And in the fullness of time, they'll be able to give into your kingdom in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we cover this offering with the blood of Jesus. We ask that it will be used for the furtherance of your word. And everywhere it's used, it shall be blessed. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And so this brings us to the end of the King's Daughters Women Conference 2020. It was an awesome time in the presence of the Lord, and we hope that you are mightily blessed. Please um, go back and watch through the various social media channels. We apologize for all the hitches that we experienced, but it was a wonderful message and every woman and indeed every man should go on and listen. Thank you so much for being with us throughout today. The Lord bless you and keep you in Jesus name. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm sure we've all been blessed. Um, I want to thank Reverend Juliet and Pastor Yomi and everyone who has participated in this program. And I know the Lord is going to honor you and bless you mightily in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to say this, that this is just the beginning. What he's saying that every woman, listen to me now, what she has said is that we all have leadership potential. In fact, every woman is a leader. It's just that we are a leader in a different place. You are somewhere, there's a place for you where God has called you to lead. Everyone, you have a gift, you have a unique gift, and in that your gifting, you are a leader. So if there's a woman beside you, tell them you are a leader. Tell them you are a leader. So you are a leader manifested. You know in politics, you have what they call women leader. I don't know. I want to chase all women are what? Are leaders. All women are leaders. You just have to develop. So tell two, three women around you again, tell them you are a leader, you are a leader, you are a leader, you are a leader. That's what we are saying. If there's something you have, women have to take a lead. You know, there's an area God has given you to take a lead. So find that area, develop it, and be a blessing. One of the keys to be a blessing, to be a leader, is to be a blessing. Find you, find a way. We are talking about the blessing. Be a blessing somewhere. Something you have passion for. How can I be a blessing to my generation? That thing that you really want to do, you are a leader. And then she said, "You can do it." Tell your neighbor, says you can do it. Say that thing you want to do, you can do it. Say that thing in your heart, you can do it. That's what we are saying. We want to thank God for that word. Please go back and read it. Go back and listen again to those 
That of yesterday was very powerful. I was there, I listened to her, and today is exceptionally powerful. Yesterday says, is telling women to get out of mediocrity. Tell somebody, say, get out of mediocrity. It's time to take the lead. That's what we are talking about. It's time to take the lead. I want to thank you all for joining us today. We are prepared. We are doing this in preparation for the convention that is coming. The convention is starting in next, not this Sunday tomorrow, but this coming Sunday. Next week Sunday. So we've got to be ready for it. Hallelujah. By the grace of God, I want to announce that during this week, on Monday, all outreaches should be connected for prayers again. We want to do this as often as possible. We'll be connected for prayers on Monday. On Wednesday, we'll be connected for prayers again. And then we'll do, we'll connect again on Saturday. So that by the time the convention comes, we're already used to doing this. Thank you so much for joining us. By the grace of God, the prayer and fasting still continues. And um, let me say this. Make sure you are praying and fasting. Not just for the convention, but for the rest half of the year. God wants to do something new. After this pandemic, your life will never be the same again. Some people are going to go down, but you will not be among them in Jesus' name. When people are going down, you are going to go up in Jesus' name. After this pandemic, you will find yourself. God will show you what to do. And you will prosper. You will be in health. You will do well in the mighty name of Jesus. Let me say, coronavirus, the dominion of coronavirus has been taken away. We are in a new age. So let's get ourselves ready. Like a challenge that Mrs. Uh, Kenny threw to us, some of us, you need to, you need to uh, take new courses, go and learn new, st new strategy, new style, develop yourself one thing or the other, and the Lord will perfect all that concerns you. I want to thank you for joining us. This evening we have Victory Kids at 6 p.m. Please make sure you join, and the Lord is going to bless you. Remember, the fasting and prayer continues this part of the week. On Monday, we are all joining together again. On Wednesday, we are all joining together again. And then weekend, we join together again as we start the convention. Thank you so much. The Lord bless you. Let's rise upon our feet as we pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you have done. For all that you have had this weekend. Lord, I pray that our life will never be the same again, oh God. Thank you for the word that has come to women. Let all women get out of mediocrity and take leadership in an area that you have given to them. Let us find it and make sure that we use it in Jesus' name. Lord, all the men too, let us take leadership in our homes. And take leadership at least we have called us so that our life can glorify you. Thank you, Father, for answered prayers. Blessed be your name forever and ever. We pray for the rest of the convention. We pray for the program. The convention shall be successful. It shall be life-changing. It shall be a blessing. We declare and declare that this will be the best convention we've ever had. We declare and declare there shall be abundance. There shall be blessing every day in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. No life will be lost. We declare all of us in this ministry, in this vision 2020, no tragedy. No one will die of coronavirus in Jesus' name. Nobody will be wasted in the name of Jesus. I pray that all women that are listening under the sound of my voice shall find their place and they shall take leadership. Thank you, Father, for doing this for us. Lord, by the time this coronavirus is long gone, we'll all be alive, strong, healthy, and we'll all make heaven together. Let this be our experience, Father, because we've prayed and I call it done by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's share the grace and fellowship by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Rest and abide with us now and forevermore. Amen. That's what it says, surely, goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life, and you shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Tell them, take leadership.
Say you are a leader. Take leadership. We love you. See you on Monday, Wednesday, and weekend. God bless you.